This is a Federal News Network podcast. We still don't know all of the reasons that hundreds of thousands of DOD civilian employees suddenly lost access to the government's employee assistance program for a week and a half. But the picture is becoming at least a little clearer. The root of the problem appears to be a determination by the Health and Human Services Department that it cannot adhere to DOD procurement regulation. And HHS's Program Support Center has apparently decided that means it can no longer provide services to the Department of Defense. Federal News Network's Jason Miller and Jared Serbu have been following this ongoing turmoil between the PSC and its customer agencies, and they're here to bring us up to speed. And gentlemen, I guess the technical term for what's going on is hairball. Jared, tell us what's the latest. What have you learned recently? Yeah, it, it has been very hard time to piece together exactly what's going on here, mostly because neither DOD or HHS will answer any of our questions about it. But but we're, we're piecing together a few breadcrumbs here. And, and, and a couple of the things that we've come across is a memo that HHS sent to DOD on uh, uh, September 6th, which would have been last Friday, telling the Department of Defense that it was canceling all of its contracts between the Federal Occupational Health Service and DOD in the next 60 days, which is basically the terms of uh, the cancellation clause in its contract. The reasons that they're giving is a very old law, not very old, but a 10-year-old law now, Section 801 of the 2008 National Defense Authorization Act, which essentially says that if you are buying things on the uh, on the behalf of the Defense Department as another non-defense agency, you need to adhere to defense procurement regulations. Now, evidently, HHS has had no difficulty doing that and making that certification that it, it meets those requirements for the last 10 years, but they they say because of an ongoing review at the at PSC, they have discovered that they no longer have those capabilities and can't make that certification. So they certified themselves at the beginning of 2019 that they did meet all the requirements to buy, buy things on DOD's behalf. They revoked that certification this summer. At that time, when that certification was first revoked, it was believed at the time that that really only affected PSC's ability to do assisted acquisition services for DOD and not this host of other services including the Employee Assistance Program. Another thing that this series of memos, and and here I'm talking about another memo that was sent from DOD's uh, Director of Defense Procurement and Contracting out to the DOD workforce, is that this this problem that we're talking about here affects not just the behavioral health, the work-life services. It's a total of 17 services that DOD buys from or through FOH, and it includes a lot of things like cloud computing services, a lot of different staffing, uh, wellness, fitness, and and health staffing. Uh, Clinical laboratories is one of the services on that list. So we're learning that this extends well beyond the EAP snafu that that hung up defense employees for a week uh, earlier this month. And Jason, you've been covering the travails of the Program Support Center from the civilian side and some of the acquisition support, and that's not going much better. This is a story that broke probably back in the June timeframe, but we've been covering it over the last month and a half or so. And basically the PSC, the profession, the Program Support Center, has told DOD and all civilian agencies, we can't do assisted acquisition services for you and we're ending your contracts by the end of 2020 and we're not going to pick up any option periods and we can't transfer the contracts back to you. This all falls into this really long saga now that says, hey, uh, we just don't want to do this anymore. And it's not so much that they don't want to do it, Tom, it's how they're going about it. And to cancel these support services for soldiers and, and seamen and airmen and, and DOD service members and civilians, it's really unfair to just cut it off without saying, hey, you can make a decision to do it, but it needs time because all of this has a very long tail. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller and Jared Serbu. So 
What's going to happen next? I mean, are the political starting to look at this at the secretarial level? I've been told that Congress is aware of what's going on at PSC and Congress is starting to potentially look into this. I've been told from sources that there potentially is a letter coming to PSC and or the HHS Inspector General. Now, you know, it's Congress, Tom, so you know who knows really what they'll end up doing. But I think this is starting to kind of get the attention and starting to get on the radar of both lawmakers, but also the Office of Federal Procurement Policy from a procurement standpoint, because if an agency has been working on a contract for six or nine months and all of a sudden HHS just either cancels that contract or cancels that solicitation, that, that puts them way behind not only spending the money, and we know this end of the fiscal year, but also puts them way behind the eight ball on getting that contract out the door, even if it's more than one year money. I think that that the, again, it goes back to make a decision, but do it the right way. And I think it's not being done the right way. I think that's a big feeling among many of the contractors and many of the people in government that I've talked to. And Jared? As far as the employee assistance program and the and the other services that DOD gets through FOH, they're essentially going to have to figure out their own solutions between now and November 3rd, which is the expiration of that 60-day period. I mentioned earlier that that letter from HHS to DOD saying they were canceling their agreement came on September 6th. That was several days after HHS just suddenly turned the services off, apparently without warning to anyone. Now, I shouldn't say we know that definitively, because again, DOD and HHS are not answering our questions about this, but at the, at the agency level within the Department of Defense, agencies like the Defense Logistics Agency and the Defense Finance and Accounting Service seem to be completely caught off guard by the fact that, you know, when their people were calling EAP, they were just being told, we're hearing this anecdotally, they were just being told that uh, there were no, no longer services available to DOD employees and there was no formal notification to the workforce. And, or, and it, it, it seems like to many senior agency level officials. So that's one issue. And, and then let me, let me also go back to, you know, the ostensible reason that FO which is citing in, in, in pulling out of these contracts, which is that Section 801 requirement that I mentioned. As I said, that was also the reason that they gave for ending assisted acquisition services to DOD back in the summer, as Jason mentioned. But at that time, they, they also ceased providing those same services to civilian agencies. And that 801 requirement does not even apply to civilian agencies, which gave a lot of people the suspicion that that was really just an excuse. And so the question now is, is this just an excuse again? Is it just that they want to get out of these lines of business and they're, you know, looking for, for reasons to say that they're doing so. Well, I have a theory, just listening to you both talk about this, very often agencies operate these services for other agencies on a fee-for-service basis and they expect to make money on it or at least break even. Could it be that HHS suddenly discovered it was in a deficiency situation from whatever fees it might have been collecting and somebody in the CFO function said, you got to stop this. My report, Just a theory. My reporting has told me that that's actually not the case. They've made a t they've done very well from a fee standpoint. Remember, Tom, they HHS's program support office for assisted acquisition. And we're just talking about this one piece of it. Uh, did over a billion dollars worth of contracts just for DoD alone, and they've done I think something to the effect of 1.4 billion for all across all of government. So to say they can't make money or they're not making money now, they that's a distinct possibility. But I, I think it's kind of on the doubtful side. What I've been told is they made some decisions that they now have to, they can't walk back and they're looking for an excuse why they made these decisions. And again, they did it without any thought, without any consideration, without any long-term planning. And I think they're, they're, they're following the old model, Tom, shoot, aim, ready. Wow. Okay. Any final thoughts, Jared? 
Yeah, and I, and I would just tag on to what Jason said. I mean, our, our, our reporting does suggest that that HHS's PSC has been making money off of the most of these services, but there's really a lack of transparency in this area, right? I mean, there there is not a lot of documentation about these interagency agreements in the same way that you would see when the government is going out to a private vendor and contracting for a service outside the government. So, you know, the, the, the profitability levels of each of these individual lines of business are, are very hard to know, and they are not documented very much at all in agency budget uh, justifications every year. And just one thing to add on that real quick is, remember, these are fee-for-service agencies. They do not get appropriations. Correct. So if they don't have the money, they can't hire more people. They can't have, if you were, any fat. Federal News Network's Jason Miller and Jared Serbu. I know you'll both stay on the story. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Check out their ongoing coverage at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.